Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there. Thank you so much for joining me for another interview episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. If you enjoy this conversation and the wisdom shared today, the absolute best way that you can always support is by sharing it on social media and with the people that you love, your classmates, your colleagues, your team members, your friends, your family, your community. Thank you so much in advance. This week, we're diving deep with Mona Sharma, holistic nutritionist, on healing through the inner wisdom of the body. Since the beginning of time, the belief that the earth provides us everything that we need has been a powerful philosophy. We know that the right foods nourish our bodies, the wrong foods harm our bodies, and what we choose on a daily basis impacts our overall well-being. However, we often don't recognize that how we feel about ourselves impacts those choices that we make. For example, think back to a time when you didn't feel your best. What foods did you reach for? Foods that uplifted you or foods that kept you in the same state of being? The foods we are pulled towards mirror our personal feelings about ourselves. When we no longer hold our wellness sacred, we are energetically pulled to feed these low vibrational thoughts. On the flip side, when we're feeling vibrationally elevated, we tend to be our healthiest self. We are energetically pulled towards healthier foods that make us feel great and uplifted. And no one understands this concept better than my dear friend Mona, who spent her early summers living on an ashram, learning the power of food as medicine and the importance of yoga and meditation on the health of the body. Today, Mona is a forceful leader and entrepreneur in the health and wellness industry who works with high-profile clients around the world. She is also the founder of Jicama, a line of functional food and beverage products that deliver incredible gut and immune-boosting benefits thanks to the superfood Jicama. Mona has a reoccurring role on the Facebook series Red Table Talk, where she works directly and closely with Will Smith and the entire Smith family. In today's episode, I asked Mona to share how our vibrational states, including how we feel about ourselves, how we energetically show up in the world, and what is happening internally, directly impacts how we naturally take care of ourselves and our healing process. Because when we regain this natural power, this vibrational state, Choosing foods that nourish our bodies rather than harm our bodies will follow. And so if you're intrigued and inspired to upgrade your health, your well-being, and your life from the inside out, you are not going to want to miss any part of this episode. So grab a piece of paper and a pen and let's dive right in. Hi, Mona. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. (laughs) Me too. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to this for a while. Me too. And since we met, which was such a synchronistic experience of being at a woman's dinner and really there weren't that many people from the wellness space there, but it was funny because we were right sitting right next to each other and we had to go around and share our stories. 
and I shared mine first and then you shared yours and everyone was looking at us like, wait, do you guys know each other? And we were like, nope. <laughs> because our stories were so similar. I think people were like, there's no way that that just magically happened where they don't know one another. But I think also between me knowing Drew and then you working with Mark Hyman and going on Will Smith's show, it's been this beautiful synchronistic experience of coming together and just falling into each other's lives. And it's been such a beautiful, and I'm so grateful for the experience of getting Mm. to know you and the work that you're doing and the profound impact that you're making on the world. So thank you first for just showing up specifically during this time. Thank you. You said it perfectly. It's like the synchronicity behind it all. And I honestly think that this is just the beginning with you, my love. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for all things to come. So I would love for people to hear your story. It's, it is very similar to mine in the sense where you had this foundation of holistic and alternative thinking in the sense of learning how to heal your relationship with food and more specifically your body growing up. And so I would love for the, the listeners to hear just this profound story of how you shifted and then how you overcame your own health challenges and then got into working with other people and supporting them. And, and really the work that you do is so profound in the sense that it's, it's the nutrition and the movement and really looking at the physical body. But what I love more specifically about the work you do is it's the mindset work, which is shifting the relationship you have with food and your body so that you can implement all the things that you so generously offer with the other aspects of health. Thank you. Yeah, it's been quite a journey. And, you know, I think a lot of people who might listen to this might expect that I would talk about food and nutrition, but I really feel that that for me has become the platform or the gateway to talk about so many other things that are preventing us from stepping into optimal health. That'll make sense in just a minute. So if we think about my background, so my dad is East Indian and he grew up with Ayurveda. You know, Ayurveda is a form of alternative medicine that's a traditional system of India that seeks to heal the body, the mind, and the spirit using a really holistic approach with food and breathing and meditation and really about food and food having the power to heal. Now, this was such a gift because my mom, who is from Denmark, I've only ever known her to suffer from a severe autoimmune condition, rheumatoid arthritis, and uh, it's really taken her from me. Her entire body's deformed and it's through you know, this function of Ayurveda that I I saw the power of food to heal. So my dad would take us to an ashram, which is a spiritual center. And we live there every single summer. Now, ashram living, if you don't know what it is, it's ultimately a return to self is what I, I say. It has a very rigid schedule, a strong focus on living in community, food, as I mentioned, mindfulness, chanting even, and really positive thinking. And if you were to describe it, kind of like a computer web browser, when you go to live at an ashram, it's kind of like closing down every single application that's open. And this is the return to self part. So it's showing yourself fierce compassion and kindness because you're able to turn down the noise. So here I am with this upbringing. And trust me, as a kid, it felt like torture having to get up at 5.30 in the morning to meditate and a dad that would talk about, you know, consciousness and Vedanta and spiritual scriptures and stuff like that, but ultimately it landed somewhere. So in my 20s and early 30s, I threw this at the window completely. I ended up working in the cosmetic world. So I was head of education and sales for 
a handful of luxury cosmetic companies. This meant that I was able to do, you know, makeup for fashion shows, makeup on celebrities, train all the people that worked in those retail stores. But ultimately, it was a corporate sales job. And for those of you who know, the corporate world tends to burn people out. So here I am with this awareness, but at the end of the day, I was sick. I was about 40 pounds overweight. I was perimenopausal when I was 20. I was told that I wasn't going to be able to have children. And I ended up having two heart surgeries. Like, this is crazy. So it was an open heart. It was for an electrical condition. And I'll never forget that when I went in for these appointments, no one ever asked me about my stress, what I was thinking, what was happening in my life, how I was feeling, the foods that I was consuming, the fact that I was partying, like all of these things, right? But instead at that time, and I think this is where you and I kind of have a lot of synergy is I had this idea of like, well, screw it, right? Or, you know, Mm. as people say like, fuck it, I'm just going to go out and party and do all the things. And let's see if I can get over that with actually, without dealing with the root cause of the imbalance, right? So by the time I had my second heart surgery, I was there on the surgery table and you're awake for this procedure. I'll never forget. I was watching, you know, a massive computer screen with my heart, all these wires that were poking and prodding. I was being injected with all of these medications to try to induce, I was called atrial tachycardia. So heart palpitations. And the doctor yelled out, he's like, Mona, why are you crying? And in that moment, I was like, what is going on? This is not my life. I'm not meant to be sick. I'm young. I'm healthy. I have a mom who's like overcome all of these things. What am I doing here? And that was, I would say, one of the first times that I hit rock bottom, which Mm -hmm. ultimately forced me to change. So I threw in the towel. I quit my corporate job. I ended up going back to the ashram that I grew up with, which is the Shivananda ashram. And I went and I became a yoga teacher there. I lived in an ashram for two months. I became a meditation teacher after that. And fortunately, I started working as a nutritionist right away when I got back, which is really great. So that was my ultimate shift from complete burnout, complete sickness, being overweight to getting back to what really mattered. Honestly, I think it was the first time that I was asked to love myself, you know, in the mindset of criticizing and you know, sabotaging and self-abuse, whether it was through food or substance or with my words, my self-talk, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm curious about what you were suppressing. Was it the lack of self-worth, self-love, self-confidence? Like what was inside of you that kept you in the state of perpetuating the same partying not looking deeper, not looking under the cars, as most people say. It's like, we know better, but yet we're terrified of that feeling, emotion, experience, story, wounding, pattern, childhood, conditioning, whatever it is, we're often so terrified to go there. And so I'm curious what that really was for you that was like, I can't go there yet until it got to rock bottom. I think that I didn't understand it, you know, after years of doing, you know, work and introspection, I realized that there was a moment in my childhood, nothing too, too crazy, but something had happened between my mom and my older sister that was pretty traumatic for me to see. And it was basically a moment when I didn't feel safe. And I think that since that moment, it kind of started this addiction to negative thinking and thoughts, which were fueling stress. So I think from a very early age, it became part of my DNA. 
to think that mm-hmm. you know, I had to look out for something. I had to compare myself to other. So I had to think, well, something that's good might inevitably end. So what's the point? And I think that this is what changed my vibration. And work around vibration is something that I do with my clients. But growing up, there were so many factors. I mean, I never felt like I fit in. So coming from an interracial marriage, I was never taught either language. I never fit in with the Indians. I didn't fit in when I went to Denmark. I was put in French immersion, you know, all of these things that sound like caviar problems. But ultimately, mm-hmm. when it deals with your sense of self, I never felt the sense of belonging. So I was always trying to fit in. So there was no fun in trying to be me and owning that when I felt like I lived in a world and a society and even a family where I had to fit into another person's paradigm to be accepted. And the same thing happened when I worked in the corporate world, you know, in that world of fashion. We hear the stories that it's toxic and it was. I did not work with a group of women who were supporting me. There was no sense of like going out there, be who you are, sharing your personal truth. There was none of that. It was conform, do better, sell more, do more, fit the the paradigm. And that's when you win. And obviously it didn't work. And what Mm -hmm. I always say to people is, you know, our minds and our bodies will always send us these nudges or whispers. And I think that before my heart surgery, I had lots of whispers. Whispers of imbalance around, you know, negative thinking, bloating, digestive issues, poor thoughts, feeling tired, having anxiety. But what do we do? You know, like so many others, I repressed them. I kept pretending like nothing was wrong. And with all of these symptoms, I assume, well, they're common, so it must be normal, right? Mm-hmm. But just mm-hmm. because all of these symptoms are common does not mean that they are normal. So, massive piece of advice is when you listen to these whispers, listen to them before they turn into screams from your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that analogy because I was similar in the sense that I never fit in. I was traveling around the country with my dad as a public speaker, and I never felt like I fit into traditional school systems. And so for me, I was like, I want to fit in. So what does that look like? And that means like going out into the world and being part of the fashion industry and seeking the self-validation. So I actually chose a career where I could get those hits of self-validation, but yet under it was still the pain. And, and so I kept seeking and seeking and seeking the hit and then realized that no amount of external hit was going to solve the internal pain. And so it just led me down the same place where I was sitting at a doctor's office and on a table being told, you are going to lose your life if you don't make this change quickly. And it feels very similar to you in the, in the story of what the wounding patterns of what we're chasing outside of ourselves. So thank you so much for sharing that. I wanted to go back to this moment where you shared about vibration and how you're helping your clients think about that term, because it's very much an esoteric term in the sense where people hear it, but I don't think they're really grasping the relevance of it in terms of our relationship to health. And when we were talking the other day, you were sharing something really profound in the sense that when you shifted your vibration, you naturally chose the food, the movement, the things that would move you out of this state of chronic sickness. And so I'm curious if you can describe that process for you and then what it looks like for clients. Because again, I think sometimes people get a little bit confused about this terminology but it's so profound in the way that we relate to our health. Absolutely. And again, like this is one of those things where often, I think when I first started working with my clients about 10 years ago, people would roll their eyes, but 
the study of vibration has been around for a really long time. Like, you know, Einstein even said everything in life is vibration. So when we look at this and we look at, there's actually, you know, a diagram that you can look up low vibration frequencies, right? Things like shame, anxiety, worry, fear. How on earth from that state could you optimize your best self, right? It's impossible. And yet, you know that when you've been in a position of high vibration, that's happiness, joy, love, and peace, that's when things just work. You feel a sense of ease. And, you know, even energetically out in the world, it's like you get that green light every time the person calls you out of the blue that you had been thinking about. Things just seem to align. The phone call comes in at the right time. And I think that this really has to do with your health as well. For somebody who's depressed, for example, if they were to come and see us, we can't just say, oh, go eat a green salad, have a soup, drink some bone broth. There is no way that they're going to do that from a state of depression. So first, we need to support these people in changing their vibration. When I was at my worst, I was sad. I had anxiety. I had a broken heart, literally just like out of sadness when my parents asked me for permission to get a divorce. And I never gave myself permission to process it. It was always, well, how fast can I get over this? So when I stepped into changing, when I went to the ashram, I realized that it was about the vibration that I created there. I kept peeling back the layers until all that mattered was the present moment and how I felt in that present moment. And I think that we all vibrate energetically at a particular frequency. And the lower the frequency, the denser your energy and the heavier your problems seem. And even if you're not using this language, I know that you have felt it, right? Whereas the higher your frequency of energy is or your vibration, the lighter you feel in your physical, your emotional, your mental body, you experience greater personal power and clarity and peace. And then there's less discomfort and pain in your body, right? I always say to my clients, like when you're feeling great about yourself, you're less likely to go to a drive-through and pick out the fattiest meal. You're most likely wanting to eat high vibe foods. Those are things that are whole foods that come from the earth, right? So ultimately today, when I work with my clients, I really say that I help people raise their vibration by changing their thoughts and their feelings that take them out of balance and feeling good because high vibration really It's a state of being that's connected to happiness and joy. And when you're in this state, you naturally choose the things that are good for you. So although I focus on food as medicine to heal the body, that's primary, obviously, I first learned that we must address our state of being so that we can all thrive and live the life of our dreams instead of thinking about it or stressing about it. And I think it's insane that today food has become this massive component of stress for people. Like, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it shouldn't, your nutrition protocol and your movement and anything related to health shouldn't be adding more stress to your life. It should be this enjoyable process of coming back in the kitchen and reconnecting to the earth and witnessing the beauty and that we get to experience in, again, keeping our vibration high through those experiences. And I think if coaches and even practitioners were empowered to think this in the reverse approach, like you're doing, it would completely shift everything because what they're doing is they're saying, okay, here's the protocol, go do this. But if the person doesn't feel good to begin with, it doesn't make a difference. They're not going to want to be empowered to take care of their health if they're not feeling well, because why would they want to feel better? Right. And so I think it's like coming back to the story of, okay, what is the purpose behind your life? And why are you alive? And why are you here on this planet? And what is going to serve your highest well being? And when you can connect to that, then you're reverse engineering the approach and it's so much easier. 
And I'm curious for you, what steps you take to begin to get people into the state of recognizing, okay, how do I connect to more joy, more happiness, more love, peace, clarity, focus, the things that, that will raise my vibration in those higher energetic states? Yeah, it's taken some maneuvering, but I mm-hmm. realized that what I had to do is I had to create an ashram in the city for people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this philosophy, well, what does it mean? You know, my three pillars that I took away from that are first, so obviously food as medicine, movement as therapy, and mindfulness really as the journey to get there. So we have these three major pillars that we know science is proving that when you adjust these things, they optimize the way that you feel. Movement, for example, it's energy in motion, right? How many times have we been able to go to a workout class and we feel so much better afterwards or yoga, right? When I did my yoga teacher training, for example, people throughout the class by the second or third week would wait, get off their mats and have to go for a walk because they had some sort of a release from their body, right? So Mm -hmm. movement is key. I think it's essential that you figure out a way how to move your body in a way that feels great because we know that our body stores everything. In Ayurveda, we call dis-ease or disease the result of accumulation. So for me, I could see it so clearly. It was the accumulation of negative thoughts, poor food choices, a toxic environment, unfulfilled expectations, living and working in a job that did not fulfill me at all. And this was accumulating in my body, right? So I had to do something to remove that. And then the last piece is mindfulness. You know, whatever mindfulness looks like for you, if you think that this means that you have to sit down for 20 to 40 minutes a day to meditate, it's not true. Mindfulness can come in so many forms. It can come in three minutes and it doesn't have to be sitting still. You can be out there going for a beautiful walk with somebody that you love. It can be journaling. And I think that the process that I use to get back to your question, to combine all these things is I guide my clients into figuring out what their best self snapshot is. So this is something that you guys can do actually. So if I were to ask you, you know, often it helps to close your eyes. So if you were to think about a time in your life when you felt happy, at ease, when you felt peaceful, healthy, energetic, happy, even sexy, whatever it is, right? For some of you, lots of memories are going to come up. For others, you might have to dig back to a memory from when you were a little kid to a point where you remember being on a swing, whatever it is, but a moment in your life when you felt that high vibe state of joy, right? When we imagine it so much so that we can really visualize it and it takes some practice, visualizing it makes it feel real in your body so much so that your mind doesn't know the difference between it happening in the past versus it happening right now. So if you can visualize your snapshot every day, guess what? You're going to start your day off in a vibration that aligns with that snapshot instead of what typically happens when we wake up in the morning, right? When we wake up, what do we experience? Anxiety. We want to hit the snooze. We need to rush to a coffee. We think about the stress that we have that day, especially now with the state of the world. You know, a lot of us are just living in this stressful anxiety state. So it's really up to us to find the new routines that are going to shift this. So The snapshot exercise is something that I ask my clients to do first thing in the morning when you wake up. Take a few deep breaths. Think about what it feels like to feel happiness and peace and joy. Breathe into it. Imagine a point in your life and turn up all the details. What does it sound like? Are there noises? Can you feel sun on your skin? Are you on vacation? Anything to make it so real that it actually becomes you. And what I know that you're going to find over time, remember, whatever you practice becomes a habit. 
and whatever habits that you have become rituals. So create rituals that fuel your goals, right? Over time, you're going to be able to expand on this so much so that you're rebuilding health that's possibly greater than what you've ever imagined. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's beautiful. I love that. I do an exercise in the morning that I write out I am, and then I write out what I'm going to become, and then I visualize it. So it's like I am. And I learned that from, I think the first person was Rachel Hollis, but a lot of people are doing it now. And it's similar in the sense that it's just basically activating the part of yourself where you're like, okay, for me specifically, there is resistance that shows up because it's like, no, I'm not that yet. But your mind doesn't know the difference. And so when you go into the visualization of it, it becomes real and it becomes a part of your consciousness and awareness. And then it becomes easier and easier. And I think what's so profound about this work is that so often people are scared of it at first. But mm-hmm. like anything, it's going to be when you're breaking a habit, there's going to be resistance to that habit. But I think as you continue to do it over and over, it just becomes a seamless part of your day, just like brushing your teeth, putting on your shoes. It's like waking up, visualizing, being mindful, taking some deep breaths. It, it's no different than anything else you're doing that isn't serving you once you get over that resistance to it. You got it. And I think that's one of the biggest problems today is that as a society, we have become accustomed to habits that don't serve us or fuel us. We have become accustomed to habit of, you know, thinking a way that doesn't serve our health. We think that things are hard. We think that things can't change, but you know, whatever we repeat can become a habit and our habits become our lives. So it does take a decision, but we all have the same choice, right? It really comes down to choices. So if you decide then chances are you will commit to the choices that are going to serve your health. And I love what you said about the I am statements, because like all of these things that are that were deemed woo-woo, like they're being backed by science now, right? Mm-hmm. Joe Dispenza mm-hmm. is work in this area where he can actually monitor your brain and the power of when you can make these things feel real. Remember, it's, it's about that feeling, right? It becomes you. You can really shift your state. And we also know from the scientific point of view around food, like we can turn off gene expressions that cause disease, right? I used to think that it was inevitable that I was going to get rheumatoid arthritis, but that's not true. And I wish I could say that it was just food that could shift it. But remember, we are like complex, unique beings. So it's really a holistic viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And I say to my clients, you can't heal a body that you don't love. So it has to start with your mindset first. It has to start with this like radical compassion for yourself. And what would have happened if from a young age, we were actually taught to love ourselves instead of becoming accustomed to this critical thinking, right? That we just hear about mm-hmm. in, the, in the media and it becomes normal. Can you imagine? I can't. I mean, I think it's so important for us to instill these principles and these mindsets to the younger generations. Like that's the bulk of my work is having young girls recognize that your body is this vessel. It's a vehicle for your purpose, your why, the reason you're on this planet. And it's the greatest gift you can have. And I think if we shift that to from the story of my body's always working against me to my body's always working for me and it's a gift. And I have so much gratitude and love for what I've been blessed with versus what I have been compared to by others, that will shift our entire experience of wellness. And it starts with, and I'm in such complete agreement that it starts with self-love. I'm curious for you, do you have any self-love practices that 
have been really supportive because I think it's also a very challenging term for most people to just take on. It's like, okay, love yourself. And what does that look like from a media and cultural standpoint? And we're being told from the media side of things, it's like, go get a massage or, you know, (laughs) go take care of yourself from a self-care perspective. And I worry sometimes that those are often very quick band-aid approaches from a marketing side of things versus the actual embodiment of, okay, I love myself. And so all my choices come from this place, not a quick fix. I'm going to just do something so that I can mitigate the pain that's in my body right away. Like the band-aid approach sort of continuum that that seems to happen culturally. Hey there, friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new projects, products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also going to get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. And it's so funny too, right? Like, cause also back to the media point, I think that when people mm-hmm. think of self-love, they think of these affirmations where you're looking in the mirror and you're like, I love myself. I love my body. I love my mind. I love my hair. I love, you know, and that <laughs> affirmations can be great. But again, you're not trying to convince yourself that you love these things. You have to actually feel it. So for me, it really had to take like the morning after my heart surgery, I was like, good God, I am so sorry for what I've put you through. And for not listening to the cues. And, you know, I raced to surgery because surgery was a quick fix. It was a band aid solution. I thought it would work really, really fast instead of having to do the work. And we all want the quick fix, right? We all want, you know, the hardcore, the fast solution, but you can't do that long term. It's going to catch up to you. So I know there's a lot of people who've experienced far worse, but this was my wake up call. So what I had to do in the morning, and I got a lot of practice with this at the ashram, was just placing my hands over my heart and every morning just say like, thank you so much. Thank you for beating every single moment of my life without me having to even think about it. And I feel a lot of connection. This is just my body between, I call it my three brains. So the one in my head that I think with, the one in my heart that I feel with, and the one in my gut, my gut microbiome Mm -hmm. that really guides me. It's my instinct. So when I think about these communication between my three heart centers, I, you know, just visually imagine kind of like you can call it chakras if you want to, or in the same way that you would do a sun salutation, inhale really bright energy to an area of your body to light it up. Exhale any toxic emotions or resentment, or it can even be a dark color or smoke. Exhale it from your body. Inhale really bright light, energy, and sun. Clean out your body and then exhale anything that doesn't serve you. And over time with practice, you can really feel the impact. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to go away to an ashram. I hear myself saying this to you and who's got that time anyways, right? I certainly don't. But again, it's just about specific practices that you can involve throughout your day. So what this, can this look like? Maybe, you know, a minute before you eat your lunch, just close your eyes, close your devices, place your hands over your heart, take a deep inhalation in, say, thank you so much. I'm going to reset my mind. 
I'm choosing to exhale what doesn't serve me. And the simple act of doing that, notice how it makes you feel. Over time, you're going to notice the difference between doing a practice like that and not, which means your chances are that you're going to increase the time of you doing it, right? It's just like with meditation. Anybody who's tried meditation and stuck with it for at least a week or two weeks, you feel its benefits. And that's what makes you go back for more. And I think that today, now more than ever, society is being called to so much more than looking for a prescription. We're looking for another means. We're looking to feel good. And I think that this term feeling good ultimately has to be a return to self. Mm, Yeah, I love that. I always say that the best time to shift a habit is right before you're about to make one that isn't serving you. So I love the hand on the heart because if you're moving into a space where you know it's going to drop your vibration or shift your vibration into a lower state of being, I always say before you make that choice, come back to yourself, come back to your heart, close your eyes, connect to your highest good and just ask yourself, is this action that I'm going to move forward with actually serving me? And that doesn't mean that you have to play shame or guilt or pain or fear onto that moment, but it's just about recognizing and then choosing optimally if you want to move forward or you don't. And your heart will always give you that answer. I think what trips us up is our mind because our mind is going to go into the old stories, the wounding, the patterns, all the things that have showed up for us time and time again. And so when you're operating on that loop, why not close the loop with something that's going to serve you and your higher well-being? And so, yeah, I love that. And I love the fact that you can literally start to just implement these very small shifts, which add up over time. We forget that it doesn't have to be this whole complete rehaul. I think because there's been this cultural experience around detoxes and diets and having to revamp your entire life, it scares people because then people think I have to literally revamp my entire kitchen and I have to go on this whole protocol if I'm going to shift my life. But the work that you do, which I love is like adding really beautiful things in first the complete over (laughs) revamp overnight. And then your body's in complete shock because you don't know what's happening. Totally. It's like, we hate the word diet, but we love to enforce rules around what we should be eating because we're desperate for that Mm -hmm. system or prescription, right? But really, if you switch your perspective and look at food a different way, I used to say that self-care starts in the kitchen, but it's really healthcare. Our healthcare starts in the kitchen with how you're choosing to nourish yourself. And in terms of that mindset shift, I think it's important that we point out that Everyone suffers from this. Like, you know, I've been blessed to work with some really incredible clients, but like even the celebrities, right? Like Will Smith, for example, he was completely disconnected from the way that food made his body feel. And in the past, working with athletes who had the massage therapist, the chef, the food delivery, the physiotherapist, the acupuncturist, I couldn't figure out why these people were still waking up not feeling their best. And I don't know if you know this, but I ended up becoming an NLP practitioner. So NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. Mm -hmm. And it really goes back to that quality of thinking, you know, what is there in your mind that causes you to think that something has to be hard or that you can't wake up every single day feeling happiness and joy, which is your birthright by the way, but we're never told this. So I had to do some deeper digging. And for most people, we go back to the sense of our inner child needing to be told that things are actually okay recognizing that what's happening in the moment, and this is so key for right now too, what's happening in the world, we need to have some radical acceptance for just what is happening. 
And I know that it's human nature to feel fear when the unknown is upon us, right? It's survival instinct, but we have to be able to control what we can control. And that is how we fuel our minds and how we fuel our bodies. And there's people watching, you know, you are such an incredible leader in this industry and you're such a light to inspire people. But for anybody else, there's always someone watching, whether it's a family member, a child, a neighbor, someone on, online. I think it's our responsibility to really, for example, even use social as a platform to mm-hmm. talk about this and create space for it and talk about how we're feeling instead of how we're feeling in the sense of bitching and complaining. It's like, you know what? I'm not feeling my best today, but here are the things that I'm doing to make myself feel good because my system might not work the best for everyone else. This is mm-hmm. why, and I'm sure you, you do the exact same thing. We can't put people on a diet. How on earth could your constitution, your upbringing, your background, your thoughts be the same as mine? So why on earth would one diet work for you in the same way that it would work for me? It has to be so personalized, right? So I think it's so important to just recognize that it's going to look different for everybody. But if you decide on what you need and how you want to feel, that's the first place to start. Yeah. I love the example of using our platforms for, for the good. My coach always says, what do you want to be contagious with? Like, What energy do you want to be contagious to your family, to your friends, to the people that see you on social media, to the world? And he says that requires a different level of self-care for everyone in order to cultivate the energy that you want to have contagious. And so that's happiness, joy, love, freedom, connection, community, all of those aspects of how you're showing up in the world requires a different level of self-care for you. And you are the only person that knows what is required to cultivate that energy. And we can't place this like cut and paste protocol. My biggest like grumble (laughs) is when there's just like, when a nutritionist just slides the protocol across the table and says, this is for you. And I get those clients (laughs) and they're so frustrated because they're like, I have to have one cup of this in the morning and two cups of this in the afternoon. And I'm just like, that doesn't work to cultivate the energy of connection, joy, happiness, love, freedom, all the things that we so desperately need right now on the planet. And the second thing I love that you shared was the the aspect of celebrities, because right now more than ever, I think that there is a excuse that's being made, which is this. And, and I love the fact that there's multiple platforms that are showing what celebrities are doing for their health and their wellness. But I think right now more than ever, people are saying, well, I don't have the financials. I don't have the resources. I don't have the chef. I don't have the access that they have. And what I love about the work that you're doing with Will and what I love about the video, and I'm going to absolutely share it in the show notes because everyone has to watch your show with him (laughs) because it really shows that the mindset is the first step. And it shows that you don't have to have all the access in order to start implementing the things that will make anyone happier and healthier. Um, and so can you share just a little bit about de- debunking that belief? Because I hear this over and over and over again, where it's like, why should I even try? I could never look like that celebrity. I could never be healthy like that celebrity. I could never have the resources that that celebrity has. So I'm just going to go back to my way of being. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It's such a powerful question because we hear it everywhere. Oh, it's easier for them. It's easier for you. You've got those genes. You've got that opportunity when it's like, 
No, you know, we didn't just arrive here. We are here because of commitment to how we want to feel. Getting up every day and living the path that I'm choosing to live, it's not always easy. It takes a lot of effort, especially now. There's a lot of distraction out there. There's a lot of noise, as you said, in social media, especially. So you have to turn down the noise and really come back and ask yourself, how do you want to feel? How do I want to feel? Where would I like to be? How can I get there? Where am I spending most of my emotional energy and how can I better divert that energy so that I'm feeling love and joy and peace and good in my body so that you make the right choices, right? As we said before, it's harder to make those choices from a state of anxiety and unhappiness. So you've got to work on that first and foremost. And yeah, I've got a pretty strict practice. There's things that I have to do every single day or else I kind of feel like the day is a a write-off for me. And when that happens, Mm -hmm. I've also had to learn how to let myself off the hook. We're human Mm -hmm. beings. We're going to slip. Life changes. I have two little kids. You know, I have to learn how to pivot every single day if something doesn't go as planned. But I think there's also beauty in that so that we become less rigid with ourselves. There has to be a certain amount of flow and freedom. So Mm -hmm. I think the better question is also just to ask yourself, like, what gives you that sense of ease? What allows you to change your state? Is it gratitude? Is it generosity with others? Is it meditation? Is it yoga? Is it dance? Is it practicing positive thinking? Some of you, it might be with food. You'll notice the difference where you can actually take in the energy of whole foods. And for others, it's going to take a lot of work, right? For me, Mm -hmm. I had to forgive. Mm -hmm. I had to forgive a lot of people in the past for not knowing how they made me feel. It was my choice to feel that way. I had to end relationships that weren't in alignment with how I wanted to be. I had to break up with this toxic relationship that I had with food, right? And I think a lot of us have this when we're younger, we're treated with reward food, right? Sweets and going for ice cream and all of those things. I had to realize that that wasn't actually serving me. That was depleting me. So it's definitely been a process. And this idea of arriving you know, I know that you want that one thing and you just want to arrive. What if you were to just let go of that idea that it's not about arriving? It really is about embracing the journey and understanding like your body's going to change. My body and my mindset is completely different than it was in my 20s and my 30s. And I know that this is going to continue to evolve. But my goodness, when I'm 90 or 100 and I'm visualizing myself out there being active and walking and being healthy, I know for sure that I want to look back and say that I did everything to love myself and end this cycle abusing myself, right? This idea of sweating the small Mm -hmm. stuff or whatever that looks like for you, it's like breaking up with an older way of being and choosing a new set of guidelines to keep you aligned with how you want to feel. Yeah. I love the idea of finding the balance between the commitment and the grace of forgiveness Yes, and finding that middle ground of saying, I am going to commit to my health and wellness. I'm going to show up every day. I'm going to stay committed to what serves my highest well-being. And yet if life throws me something like we've seen this last month, I'm going to give myself the grace and ease and forgiveness through it, where I know that I have, like my friend, Emily Fletcher says, I've built the bank account because I've taken care of myself for Absolutely. you know so many years that I have this ability to access the resource within me that I have built up from the years of commitment. And so I think we have to find that middle ground. And I think that that's really such a beautiful way of thinking about it because I think people, again, this goes back to cultural conditioning. We think that if we fall off, 
the quote unquote bandwagon, we have failed. And then we go down the spiral of the shame and the guilt instead of going into the self-love, compassion, grace, forgiveness, and just saying tomorrow's a new day and I'm going to be committed tomorrow and I'm going to start over and I know what's best for my health and well-being. And so tomorrow's new. And and so, yeah. So powerful. Absolutely powerful. You know, everything that we do has the power to fuel health or fuel imbalance or dis-ease in the body, but it's also very simple, right? And I hate giving it rules, but you know, when you're doing things that are good for you most of the time, you don't sweat those small things. People think that, for example, you know, if I were to put out a dessert recipe or eating a pizza, it's like, we're human. We're meant to enjoy whatever it is that you want to enjoy, but do it with balance and lose the guilt because God knows that vibration of guilt is going to do so much worse for you and for your mindset because you're holding on to it instead of just being present to enjoying everything that you want to enjoy and knowing how to do it with balance. Mm, yeah, I love that. I wanted to dive into some of the work that you're currently doing, including your new company, which mm-hmm. I am an investor <laughs> in and I'm so excited about <laughs> because Dude. I've been drinking your product every <laughs> single day. So Do you have time to just share a little bit about how you got involved in this new brand you and your husband are creating, why it's so important to you, and a little bit about the sustainable farming and how you've basically built this brand and the excitement behind it? Yeah. So, you know, I really geek out over everything that has to do with gut microbiome. And I really do believe that, you know, a lot of our imbalance and dis-ease begins in the in the gut. So it's often where I start with um, clients from a food perspective is how do we ease that inflammation? So jicama is a root vegetable that's been around everywhere. It's very popular in South America. It's been on my clients' meal plans for over a decade because it's an easy swap for things like cookies and crackers and a lot of junk food out there. But jicama, it's low calorie, it's loaded with vitamin C. And what I love about it is that it's also loaded with prebiotic fiber. So we all know about the power of probiotics, but I honestly think that the evolution of awareness and this gut microbiome world, it's really going to go to prebiotic foods because prebiotics are essentially what we call the food for the good bacteria in your gut. So I was on my second baby moon about two years ago and uh, we were eating some jicama and my husband, Craig was like, you know what? This tastes really great as a juice. So we came back home, we pulled out our juicer and it tasted really great. We quickly went online to see that nobody was really using it, but it's actually being used as a supplement in Asia and South America. And when you talk to a lot of Mexican people here in LA, you know, there's this nostalgia around it. Like they'll say stories about, oh, my grandmother used to say to drink this when you had a stomach ache, or they used to use it for skincare because it's loaded with vitamin C. So yeah, it's been quite the journey since then. We've developed these formulations for drinks. So we launched last year at Coachella. We were the number one selling drink after water for the entire festival. That was kind of like that nudge saying, yes, go for it. Mm-hmm. So since then, we've now turned it into a sparkling water beverage. So it's jicama juice in three different flavors. We we're supposed to be at Coachella this weekend, which is a bummer, but I'm trusting in the higher purpose of it all. And I'm excited to see how it's going. So yeah, we love our farmers. We get our jicama sourced in Sayulita. We're very, very vested in maintaining the heritage of the company and jicama, especially where it comes from, but also the ingredient itself, right? And the fact that it is a superfood, essentially. So look out for our drinks. And um, there's lots of exciting things on the go. But if you go to Instagram, check out Jicama Life, and uh, you'll see the links there to follow our journey. And it's X I C 
not J-I. So definitely check that out. I am so excited about what you guys are up to in terms of even expansion and the functional food side of it and just using your products. It's exciting to just see clean food more and more coming into the market. That's making it very easy and accessible for people to really upgrade their kitchens without sacrificing taste and sacrificing the things that they enjoy. And so I'm really excited about that. And you have a 30 day program on your, on your website that people can join. And then people can obviously reach out to work with you one-on-one. Do you want to share a little bit about the 30 day program that people could people could join? Absolutely. So, you know, my philosophy, if you haven't gotten it by now, it's really about this end of dieting. Let's put an end to dieting and, you know, start this process of honoring our personal constitution. So I created this 30-day program that's really about awareness. You'll be sent these intake forms that really go through each system in the body to help us kind of figure out where the imbalance comes from, right? Where do you start? And um, for most people, it starts with the gut. It starts with our digestion because when we are stressed, our digestion shuts down, right? So through the program, you'll get videos and access for 30 days to understand more about each system, what you can do to optimize those things, and ultimately how you can change your mindset to stay the path. So it isn't a fad, it isn't a trend, it isn't a 30-day diet. It's really about setting up the foundation so that you you stay the path of healthy living for life. So that's available through my website, which is monasharma.com, and then through my platform. So I love using Instagram as my platform. You can find me there. I love to hear from you, which is Mona Sharma. Mm. And definitely check out Red Table Talk with Will Smith and yeah. Jada Pickett-Smith. I saw you on there before I met you. And I remember telling my husband, I was like, I love the Smiths. I can't believe they're talking about health and wellness. This is amazing. And then I was texting Drew, Mark Hyman's business partner. And I was like, Mark Hyman's on Red Table Talk. This is amazing. Like functional medicine's going mainstream. And I was so excited just because the more and more people have just the access and the understanding that functional medicine, integrative medicine, integrative nutrition doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be challenging. And what I loved about your first show with them was it was just so basic and so simple and yet so profound in just the ability to say, okay, you're not going to the bathroom a couple of times a day. There's a problem. Oh, you have headaches. Oh, that's actually a problem. That's not something normal. <laughs> like it was just showing people that their symptoms aren't normal. Like these are not things that you should be having every day, but yet we use the, well, everyone's sick excuse, or I think wow. the complacency mm-hmm. of not recognizing that we should be feeling great every day. We should be waking up energized with you know, high levels of complete concentration and mental clarity and focus. And we should not be having brain fog and and we should be feeling good throughout the day and not crashing halfway through. And so I love that you bring that to life specifically through, through the Smith family. So thank you for for doing that for the world. Tell you like the amount of feedback we've gotten from that show, from those questions has been phenomenal. And what a gift that family is, honestly. Randomly got a call from Will Smith through a connection from a doctor. So it was a blessing. Two days later, I got a call from Red Table Talk because they wanted to broadcast it, which led to me working with a family. But really, it's you know fueled my purpose to help and serve as many people as possible. And often, the way that I work with my clients is I really always work with the functional medicine doctors. So 
five days to find a doctor. And I reached out to one of my greatest mentors, which is Dr. Mike Hyman. I was able to bring him onto the show. So if you don't know who he is, please go check him out. But really, you know, there are so many things that you can do to understand your constitution, your genetics. So there's no guessing involved anymore. You can go and see a doctor to help you with this journey. You can work with somebody like me or you to really help you with creating a path or a system for your life that actually works so that you stick with it. But the really cool thing, the way that science is going is that functional medicine and nutrition, and I'll say vibration too, is really the way of the future. Mm -hmm. And it's becoming more and more affordable. The more people that are demanding it, the cost of these tests continue to go down. And I think that that's what's really important too, because for me, it's great to have them here in LA and be accessible and in certain places. But I think the most important thing is that it gets in the hands of everyone. And that happens as we continue to purchase them, as we get the word out, as they have more demand, then the price continues to drop. And I think when we can do tests, like I just did cortisol tests. I did a gut test. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a hormonal test within my home, which literally I'm just mailing in. It just gives us such a wealth of knowledge that you're not going to get going to a normal MD nowadays. Like they're not going to run those tests. They're going to probably run blood work and the blood work will probably come back in the standard normal baseline of in comparison to everyone else. And you're going to wonder why you're still sick. (laughs) And I'm sure you see this over and over again, right? Yeah. It's like the doctors that diagnosed me with my health condition. Like it wasn't to a fault of their own. They Mm -hmm. didn't know any better, right? Now we know better. Mm -hmm. And this is why all of these medical doctors out there are going out there and they're going to the Institute of Functional Medicine. They're getting certified. Food is finally being taught to medical doctors, which is so backwards. It's amazing. Um, But it's amazing, right? It has to be. It's the biggest conversation that should be had. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so thankful for you and just appreciate you sharing your wisdom today. I know so many people are going to get so much from this and definitely watch your videos, watch the Red Table Talk, come over and join your 30-day program and just appreciate you and what you stand for in terms of shifting the movement around functional integrative medicine and food and all the things that you promote on a day-to-day basis. So thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I love you, girl. Thank you so much. I love you too. (laughs) Thank you. All right. I absolutely love Mona's philosophy around healing through the fundamental ways in which we have healed for hundreds of years, and most importantly, coming back to ourselves. A friendly reminder from our discussion, clean food, movement, self-care, self-love, and our inner dialogue. These are the things that bring us back into higher vibrational states of being. And reaching higher vibrational states of being is what makes it easier to make these aligned choices, as well as the choices needed for humanity and the well-being of our planet. As Mona shared about her experience in the ashram, for a moment, let's imagine a world where we had everything we needed in our backyard and around us. A world where children no longer ate packaged lunches, where we didn't have to worry about chemicals and pesticides, where we were able to support local producers where animals were given a great quality of life and sustainability was the priority over profit. This world exists, but it starts with us coming back to ourselves. And one of the best ways to do this is to get back into the kitchen. So my challenge for you this week is to spend time in your kitchen. The more time you spend in the kitchen, the more it will help you reprogram your thought patterns and beliefs around food. Our kitchens can serve as a safe and sacred space of inspiration to help us overcome the physical, emotional, and spiritual blocks that often prevent us from living our happiest, healthiest lives. 
It is the place that builds connection with the most important aspects of healing and our relationship to the earth. Throughout your day, I'm assuming that there are so many things to think about and take care of and plan for. So allow the kitchen to become a place to de-stress and relieve unwanted anxiousness. While in the kitchen, practice detaching and becoming mindful of the actions that will serve your highest good. Take some time this week to think about ways you can upgrade your kitchen, whether that's stocking up on organic products, shopping for healthier replacements, avoiding hormone-treated meat, fish, and dairy, getting rid of some of the BPA plastics, or removing high-fructose corn syrup or other chemically-filled foods. Healing your body is always about knowing where the food comes from. Where is your food sourced and grown? And where is your energy and nourishment coming from? So I ask you to ask yourself, does your kitchen support your idea and your vision of your healthiest mind and body? And so this week, try adding some fun new recipes to your rotation or even get started creating a Pinterest board or a folder on your computer to keep track of healthy, nutritious recipes that you can make in the future. After integrating several of these steps, including making your kitchen beautiful, filled with light, potentially add some plants and some essential oils, and some different things that make it feel uplifted. I trust that this process will be healing and it's also going to help you and your family thrive. Notice what comes up during this time. What stories are you holding onto and what surfaces as you begin to take care of you? Allow yourself to let go and to heal through this process and trust this is also part of the journey to a more fulfilled, abundant life. Thank you again for tuning in. I trust that if you love this conversation and you loved Mona's message, you'll share it with the people that you love most. As always, I would love to connect with you further on Instagram at Sarah Ann Stewart and hear how you're taking care of yourself. I would love to hear what questions are coming up for you and how you're integrating this content. I would love to share your story and also promote what you're up to and what you're working on. If you loved this conversation, check out the episode I did with Liana Warner Gray where we also dive deep into food as medicine and how it helped her cure cancer. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love. Thank you for being here. And I trust again that you will use this week to thrive and step into higher vibrational states of being. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.